What's up, everybody? Hello, good morning. This is Mikey, otherwise known as Forward Slosh. Welcome to the Block Bites Daily Show. Today, we have Beebus back. It's Thirsty Thursday, and I am thirsty for some Beebus and Corval. Corval's here also. Today, we're going to be getting into... Uh, we're going to talk about the curve finance uh, hack. I'm sure you've heard that before. I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing about it, but we're going to talk about the fallout, the economics, what happens next. We're also going to be getting into uh, Uniswap delisting hex. What is decentralization? You know, we're going to, a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk about superconductors, just a little bit, just a taste, because I think it's fascinating. Uh, and I'm super excited to see what happens next with that. Uh and then that's pretty much it. That's the show, guys. So, uh, Emmett, take us in. Hello, guys. It's me, Corval, here. Today's show would not be possible without our sponsor, Shimmer Network. Just as a reminder, Shimmer is a DAG-based, feeless, layer one network that's both fast and highly scalable. You can learn more about them at shimmer.network. What's up, boys? Hello, Hello. good afternoon. Good morning Hello. to you, people. Good morning. Nice to see you all. I learned the, the other day that my favorite Japanese coffee brand that I buy in the USA called Georgia is actually a Coca-Cola brand. And it makes sense coffee? now why it's called Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> that's good news to me. I think that's it, is, it was kind of good news. I was like, oh, you know, no wonder it's so suited to my palette my caveman palette your westoid tastes i get it (laughs) the glorious gaijin beverage known as coca-cola name one better you can't Uh, we can't pepsi coke coke zero i think is pretty yeah pretty high up there mikey just wants to be contrarian saying pepsi he knows that swill is disgusting (laughs) Love love a good pepsi so we're gonna start with talking about some curve i'm gonna throw you a curveball. oh ah. whoa sorry guys uh wally was watching dracon and suvlaki talk about curve he's all curved out we all are too probably but it, it is still really interesting and we'll kind of, we're gonna get into like you know some some good stuff that happens that's gonna happen because of this you know this hap ha- this hack happened now it's gonna happen um so you know really quickly let me just do a little backstory get everybody caught up to speed uh, so Curve, obviously, is a decentralized finance protocol on Ethereum. Launched in 2020, it is an automated market maker that offers a highly efficient way to exchange tokens while maintaining low fees and low slippage by only accommodating liquidity pools made up of similar behaving assets like stablecoins, primarily. Mm. So on July 30th, over $70 million in various digital assets across a number of pools were exploited and drained by malicious actors and white hat hackers. A den of vipers and thieves indeed. This was accomplished due to a zero day vulnerability involving specific versions of the Viper compiler, which is the programming language used by Curve and others for multiple contracts. So that's what happened, right? 
Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, Bisod, I did hack Curve again. You're the one behind this? I wouldn't admit that on camera. You're well, dead. No, I think they already found the guy. It was like a security engineer that worked on Web3.py. Well, yeah, so... So, you know, like Beavis and Corvo, like, you know, this, these, these Viper contracts, is everything fine now? You know, like I, I saw, I read that like the bug was like fixed back in like 2021 or something. And this was due to, you know, protocols just not staying up to date. No, well, the, the problem with smart contracts is they were mutable. So once you deploy something with a bug compiler version, it's going to stay there indefinitely. Or, and I mean, it'll stay there indefinitely. And, and the only solution is to, redeploy and tell your users to migrate. Now, the only time that really works is when you find the bug first, um, mm-hmm. when you can manage the situation. But, you know, when you're trying to field, um, you know, a, an emergency response team and, and you're on the back foot and you're fighting against people thirsty for some curve blood, um, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to, to really do anything that valuable. And, you know, we had Coffee Babe, an MEV searcher that was able to, to yank out some, some funds before the, the exploiters. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, you think, you think about Curve, you think about what Curve means to DeFi. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this is a foundational element. And you think about, okay, who would attack a foundational element of an entire ecosystem? Probably a pretty fucking evil guy. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I think they were up against pure chaos. They were up against like, you know, probably a lot of anger. I can't, I can't see trying to, to take down curve without anger in your heart. Um, mm. and, and really like, uh, what about just pure greed? situation. What was that Corp? What about just pure greed? It could just be pure greed, right? That's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, how do you become greedy? I feel like greed is a product of, of anger and, you know, uh, greed is a product of rage. Greed is a envy. product of yeah, mm-hmm. envy. Um, I feel like greed isn't a first order human emotion. It's just the product of some, you know, trauma or insecurity, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's, I guess that's my opinion. I just, you know, I don't have any respect really for people who hurt other people. And, you know, you, you think about, everything related to a breakdown of curve. And all I can think about is a lot of people who've put a lot of work uh, into the industry over the past three years, getting really, really hurt. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't worse, I guess, is uh, my, my only two cents. Me too. Me too. Uh, we had a guy on Tuesday um, who's really familiar with Viper contracts jt um i think he was saying like uh like you're saying bebus i don't think there the bug had actually been identified uh until like this incident i think they fixed it but um it was incidental yeah yeah it was like it was like three or four versions that this bug existed in of it's them. easy to accidentally fix a bug uh believe yeah. it or not it's like you know oh it's a it's a type typing issue way upstream mm-hmm. uh you know you can you can fix that way up there and then incidentally it just fixes everything else and sometimes when you're bug hunting it's like you know um I found an issue here it, and, and you're just like, oh, this probably has a bunch of downstream effects. 
Yeah. Uh, and you, you generally don't analyze the downstream effects that you fixed. And I think maybe that's where they went wrong here. We're in, um, you know, they maybe tested out this bug. They figured out this bug. They, they surfaced it some other way, like storage was being mishandled. Maybe some binary analysis made them realize it. Um, and they, they weren't thinking about uh, reentrancy. Like reentrancy is, um, you know, uh, it's like a coincidence of, of different issues. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no hate to the Viper team. I guess really like uh, that's a team that's been on the back foot as well forever being like, you know, hey, we have this awesome uh, smart contract language you know, hey, we can optimize your contracts uh, so you don't need to do all this weird stuff with Solidity. We have a cool Python development environment. Um, and a lot of startups like Ape Framework, uh, stuff like that, um, are now probably like significantly devalued, um, uh, like fundamentally. And I think um, people are going to be scared. People are going to be scared of Viper. You're going to get you know, already Viper developers were, were questioned, like, bro, why are you using Viper? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can make the argument, you know, language diversity is, is the best thing ever. But at the same time, like, you know, uh, this is a tiny ass industry. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we necessarily need a bunch of competing standards? Uh, well, but I digress. I yeah, think, well, sorry, real quick, I just want to say this because I think from maybe it was just because JT's a great salesman, but I was, from what he was describing about Viper, it seems like really appealing, especially for new entrants. It seems like easier to understand, easier. Unfortunately, this recent incident revealed this weakness in reentrancy, but to pick it up, it's pretty easy because it's like a Python based type language. But the major components of viper that make it appealing are also you can't shoot yourself in the foot because like reentrancy is like built in uh reentrancy guards are built in all these other guards are built in so it does kind of call into question the value of those extra features it's unfortunate yeah yeah and you know um you think about solidity solidity is about as corporate as i think you can expect you know it's it's the market leader there is a lot of value at risk all of their processes are going to be the same processes we see at an aerospace or defense company. You know, it's going to be tons and tons and tons of review and slow progress. Um, and I think Solidity, like researchers on the Solidity team have already like, you know, right now we're at like 0.9 or maybe 0.10, I doubt it. Um, but Solidity researchers are already like, working on like 3.0, you know, um, they're working years and years ahead. But the thing is like the, the value at risk is so high that they're not taking any chances. And you, you think about the Viper team, that's a team who's, who's got that dog in them one literally and figuratively one of their maintainers is, is called dog from oh. the air team. They're going to say he was a dog. Uh, or he he's called dog. Doggy, not to be confused with Dog uh, mm -hmm. from the Ramsey's team. But, <laughs> uh, you know, um, these are people that are, are trying to grab up market share by being faster, by mm -hmm. being more nimble. So you think of the corporate, the corporate grind of solidity trying to make 
you know, carry this giant Fabergé egg across the finish line uh, over decade long timeframes. Um, the Viper team is just like, we've got super talented engineers. We wanna be the best. We're addressing real problems that developers are facing today. We're just gonna go ham. Oh. And when you think about fixing the bug takes a minute. Fixing the bug and then writing up a huge report and assessment Mm -hmm. uh associated takes hours and days mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of what we're missing and it's really like a problem that we see a lot is you know you've got these smart teams they're going hard they're trying to to make positive change you know they have the potential to kind of take a lot of market share um you know the problem is uh they don't have the money to to pull off the security and follow up with they need. They don't have the bandwidth to, you know, do all this reporting, do all this documentation necessary to truly be perfect. Um, and even, even when you are, I guess, you know, thinking from their perspective, even when you do everything perfectly, there are still problems. Um, it's just, you know, uh, it, it's just like different beasts. And I think we're seeing in Viper and we've seen all the time, like, our, our issue from, from last August is a result of being underfunded, overworked, you know, trying to claw your way into a market um, where your fit may have, you know, or, or may be in question. Uh, mm. And props to the Viper team. It's a really tough spot to be in. It is a good language. Um, but I'll say, you know, Python users maybe learn rust or javascript now <laughs> because python sucks no i'm just kidding um, no dude python's epic bro python python is epic, awful dude. to work with javascript is like awful to work with in a different way but uh it's powerful it's language like, of the world it's like you could you could be like you know uh you could get severe brain damage and you'd probably retain your javascript knowledge oh yeah um and then I think, you know, Rust is becoming a, a, an, in, an in industry standard and um, Rust plus Solidity is becoming a really common uh, technology stack for, for Web3 companies. Mm. I, I do like Rust, but make sure you have your uh, tennis shot. Um, your what? Tennis shot. Oh, that's a good one, Mikey. I we get should it. kill Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you can do it. So, um, so, so sticking with this, sticking with Curve, um, uh, who was that? Was that John Doe? John Doe had a great question, and this is what I was going to get into as well. Um, we don't have to go too deep into it, but uh, the question was: if the founder gets liquidated, um, the founder of Curve, uh, what's his name? Michael Egorov. Uh, er 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 yeah. uh, what exactly happens to all of the uh, CRV tokens? What what steps in? as that infrastructure layer of stable swaps. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, or fun is a relative term, I suppose, depending on which side you're on. But uh, it, was, it was interesting to watch this liquidation possibility kind of unfold. But at this, yeah. point, in time, at this point in time, it seems like the, C, the, the founder's position is stable. Um, and that's, that's due to a lot of people coming together. <laughs> for now that's due to a lot of people coming to get coming together and and supporting 
you know one of the godfathers of DeFi. I've heard him called, and 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 one yeah. of the, you know one one of the best places for DeFi. Um, Corval or Beavis, do you guys have any more information on like uh, the liquidation position or uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if something like that happens, uh, it's not really that big a deal, to be honest. It's like, I'm not a trader, so when catastrophic dumpage happens, I don't care that much. I think Curve, you know, fundamentally doesn't lose as much value as you might think it would. I mean, I, I, I think like, I, I like dusting off my ledger takes like an apocalypse, like an apocalypse would need to be happening for me to actually like unlock my safe and shamble over and plug in my ledger and do all that crap. And I would do that uh, to buy curve. Um, and if I'm, if I'm doing that, then I'm not going to get a bid because everybody's going to be buying it way, way higher than me. So, I mean, I guess like even, even if people weren't stepping into OTC, I think it wouldn't be that big a deal because curve has the network effect. Curve is kind of programmed to operate in a certain way, and that certain way is extremely valuable uh, to users. Um, Curve is integrated everywhere. Uh, you can access the CRV token almost everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, and yeah, not financial advice. Don't listen to me. But um, too, too many businesses depend on Curve right now for mm -hmm. it to fail and you could say oh it's too big to fail you know it's a centralization it's a weak point it's a weak point in DeFi. how dare you have anything good enough for people to depend on uh, but uh you know i i just think um like it's even just the fact that people like their name recognition in an industry that suffers from you know chronic non-recognition uh, is is valuable enough for it to not matter if he gets liquidated. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, I, I really, I think it's being overblown just because there are a lot of profitable trades to be made. So people are, are going to be squawking on Twitter, um, you know, trying to fill their shorts or pump their shorts or pump their longs or whatever. Um, but the reality is like, if, if like he, he's bought himself some time now, and if he really wanted to, he could OTC probably his entire stack. And sucks for curve holders getting diluted like that. But um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, curve is cool and it's useful. And people use it, which is a lot more than, you know, most platforms can say. Yeah. Right. There was a uh, there, there was an emergency DAO spun up uh, for, for curve to to discuss the. Uh the curve, uh, the CRV reward, reward, <laughs> DAO, the, the CRV <laughs> reward, uh, the, the reward token. Um, so we'll, you know, that's being discussed right now on some forums for curve. Nice. Um, I think, I think the last question that I have for you guys and Beavis, you have kind of touched on this before Corbo, maybe you have some input as well. Um, but the last one I want to talk about is, you know, thanks to the effort efforts, of you know white hat hackers and also maybe not thanks but the the MEB bot thanks some to Mr. Got Plenty himself thanks for, thanks to Mr. Got Plenty uh, some funds were returned um, but but you know this this taste in in our mouths lingers and I have seen several questions circling around crypto Twitter and articles on the interwebs 
with the question, is DeFi dead because of this? I've seen I've seen several. several DeFi will never die. Unless DeFi dies in our hearts. Does it? Uh, is everything changed? And, and Mark Jeffrey actually uh, who will be on Across the Chains tomorrow, by the way. Uh, subtle plug. But oh, actually, heavy plug. He's doing the post mortem on DeFi. But well, no. But he, he, he even tweeted like, you know, this is a great question to kind of like into our minds now. Like, does does this shake the foundations of DeFi? And I, I don't see it. I don't get it. Corval Bebus is DeFi dead? I, you know, like, what does that even mean? Real quick, um, let me hop in here. I know Bebus has got a lot of good stuff to say. No, Corval, please. Uh, just uh, you asked earlier if I had any information on like how the loans are doing. Uh, I have his wallet here open. I'm inside his wallet. I'm inside Agarov's wallet. I have access uh, now on DBank. Uh, his lowest loan health rates are on Curve, 1.09 and 1.12. But all the big ones that we're worried about, they're all sitting around like 1.5 up to 1.8. So they're kind of safe. I mean, we could we would want them to be like two or whatever, but not bad, not bad. Um, yeah. So it's not that scary. And then whether or not DeFi is dead, not nah, dude. Come on, man. Of course not. Yeah. Maybe the decentralized part of it, but <laughs> that's a story. I mean, it, like, dude, if Curve exploded and the Curve team was like, "We're just gonna start over with a new token," it would get bid to infinity and back. Like, any anybody who uses DeFi sees the value and sees the potential. And right now, like we've everybody in the market right now has been had like the shit beat out of them so consistently uh over the past year and a half that curve going under it's like bro how many like stable swaps are there what we miss out on is curve v2 and the platform will still exist anyway so people will just pump curve like too many people have curve on their balance sheet to not want to just bid the bottom uh you know it, it doesn't uh or try to bid the bottom and fail for most people. Um, but yeah, yeah, DeFi is uh, not dead. DeFi is not getting started. Uh, DeFi's got a you know it's got a long way to go, but it's it's a, a thousand percent not going anywhere. It's too strong. It would take it would take a huge regulatory uh, you know meteor storm um, to undo DeFi, and I think even then it would be uh, kind of iffy. It'll take Maxine Waters personally arresting Justin Bebus. <laughs> I met her the other day. I shook her hand and got a picture. Yeah, and there you go. They're on good That's terms, awesome. so not going to happen. Yeah, uh, Very cool. Well, so this is a great segue, actually. Well, not the Maxine Waters, the thing before that. Talking about decentralization, this is a great segue into the next topic. Uh, oh, wait a second. Someone put up this tweet. Can you guys address a theoretical oh. situation where one of his bigger loans gets liquidated? Very unlikely. Well, everybody just takes on bad debt, and their their lending protocols become fundamentally shittier. But uh, like Ave Ave has their staked Ave setup that they can use to recover. They also have partial liquidation, so it's not going to be like a pure you know hellfire. I mean, it might be, it, it, it will probably or definitely cascade, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, what happens if Ave and Fraxland have bad debt? What are people going to do? They're just going to use something else. <laughs> uh, you know, people, the, the people who are in tune will withdraw fast enough. The people who aren't will probably be pissed off for a while. 
but Ave do they have enough money in their zone uh, that they can uh, recover? Fraxland, same deal. Um, Mim, Mim, like it, they dealt with FTX or FTT rather. They can do it with CRB. Uh, you know, I don't know what like levers they pulled to get their FTT shit paid off, but. At the end of the day, Justin's son will step in and he'll save the day. Yeah, at the end of the day, Justin's son just owns all of our bags forever, and we, you know, need to pay fealty to him. And every transaction on the blockchain, you'll have to pay a tithe to Justin, to Justin's son. Um, that's actually how it works on Tron. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. you have to pay a tithe for all your profits. <laughs> we're all we're to happy to do it. We're, we're ecstatic. <laughs> we love it. Long Tron, not financial advice. No, just yeah. don't, don't. And I bet you, I bet you, just to address the comment section, and I know the listeners don't have the comment section, Buns is saying Python is, is better than JavaScript, but I bet you she still, one, uses JavaScript for work, and two, has never used Python for work or has <laughs> Ooh, bold claims, uh, bold claims. Python, Python early on is all fun and games, but Python, when you need to start building an environment and doing production work, is like I would I would literally rather die. That's where JavaScript is like just as stupid, but they're op they optimize for usability. I saw so I, you, I might be wrong, but I bet you Buns is a JavaScript user. I saw a picture <laughs> if you do one plus one plus one in JavaScript, it returns an error. But if you type it out, it'll return three. There's like a lot of weird typing in JavaScript. Not yeah, there's all sorts of really stupid stuff. And, and it's just because it, it treats uh, every variable as an object. But we're not going to get into that. Right. Uh, so yeah. the, way it actually, the way it actually operates uh, is really abstract. Oh, see, well, Buns, you're using it for data analysis. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to that, say. That's like, that, that's like the one thing. You that's were probably using a Jupyter Notebook. Buns was using a Jupyter Notebook. Cheating, cheating. Oh, but she admits it only uses JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get, get a Buns versus Beavis uh, programming language special going on soon. But um, Showdown. <laughs> but so 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 let's move on to this this next topic that we'll cover really quickly um because it kind of ties into people are well bsot said justin's son is the light of crypto being overshadowed by richard hart um but also kind of tying back into the decentralization aspect we were talking about before uh i i, I don't know if you guys have heard this but uh the sec is going after richard hart right now I know. Shocking. Really? Believe it? Can you believe it? I'd like to address maybe the comments as well. You do look a little like like a hotter Richard Hart. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Oh, yeah, that's very nice of you. I was gonna blow by those comments, people saying I look like Richard Hart, but thank you, Bebus. I will tell you. You look it. like Richard Hart if he like, you know, maybe got some exercise. Uh, you know. Thank you. Thank you, Bebus. I, I really awesome. appreciate that. I look like a skinny <laughs> Richard Hart. That's great. Um <laughs> But so uh, Richard Hart is the big giga chad behind uh, Hex, uh, Pulse, and Pulse Chain. The SEC is hitting Richard Hart for, I think, what is it, Corporal? Frauding investors or? Defrauding investors. Defrauding investors. Defrauding investors. Yeah. Uh, illegal securities offerings. Uh, because he essentially did an ICO when they just said, like, ICOs are illegal. Right. Uh, yeah. So he, he, um, he's, he's being... He's being uh, 
he's getting the the full might of the SEC right now. Uh, but in the wake of all this, Uniswap. Oh, what? Beavis. Oh, that's me. That. No, that's me. Get that off of here. Get that off of the screen. What is Double going Mikey on? today. Uh, in the wake of all this, Uniswap, the decentralized exchange protocol and Ethereum that we all know and love, has delisted Hex. Quote, unquote, delisted Hex, right? No. Now, now, well, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was only the front end, the UI, right, of Uniswap, which the front end is a corporation out of Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Only the front end has taken it off their website. The back end, however, you can still call contracts and, and, still, and, and still swap on the back mm -hmm. end. So what is Uniswap decentralized or not? I remember them doing this with Ben token too because of like a copyright issue. With I the, didn't know that the front end was run by a different company I didn't in either. Brooklyn, but I think it's still decentralized in that you can still access the contracts. I think right. you could still put in, like you think you still use Uniswap if you just put in like the token's address. I might be wrong. Not on the front end. Mm-hmm. You have to you have you have to call the contracts on the back end. That's fine, but but that's still but the, but that's what the swap is. That that's what the decentralized finance part of it is. So just because the UI, just because the, the just because the UI mm -hmm. has taken something off, that is a you know they have to follow the rules of where they are a corporation, which is the USA. Mm -hmm. Let's 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 go ahead and read. Uh, maybe a little bit of the copy on richardhart.com. Let's see what okay. richardhart.com has to say. Richard Hart is a force for good. One, okay, one point in his favor here. Big bold letters. I was born into a poor family in a poor neighborhood. It sucked at getting made fun of for using free lunch vouchers at school. Being a racial minority at school... <laughs> Also came with its own channel. Yeah, we're not laughing at racial minorities. We're laughing at racial. We're laughing at Richard Hart. What is Richard Hart? I, I assumed he was a white guy. Apparently, he was just getting jumped in and out of school for being. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, here's here's a video of him installing a bidet for his mom. <laughs> I know. I wanted to talk about this today, but Corval said he already talked about it on the show. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, well, yeah. I talked about it a little bit on the show yesterday because he, he used to have the big black diamond on here. It was like one of the sections, but he took it well, off. Now it's, now it's all like I'm getting subpoenaed. It's, you know, I'm, this yeah, is I got to pretend like I don't have like a bunch of pictures of me. Uh, for the listeners, for the listeners without video. Uh, the video, watch me install a bidet for his mom. The thumbnail is him in front of a, to in front of a toilet, thumbs just up. giving a thumbs up. <laughs> and apparently it's just a video of him installing a bidet for his mom. I'm not going to mm -hmm. watch it. Maybe on, on, the main, on the main page. 30 right. minutes. It's a 30-minute video of him installing a bidet for his mom. So really, I mean, i got to say, given this evidence, uh, I think he's going to be fine. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you buy a bidet, it comes with an instruction manual, but I'd rather hear Richard Hart explain it to me. Um, below that section, though, 
I think is the strongest uh, part of the site is when he says all the things he's done to help people, which is he finds agreements in politics. He stops gambling and trading. Interesting. Uh, he gets he, he's he getting more people to make positive vibes. He stopped gaming. He started a business. He reducing military spending. Yeah, dude. He fixed schools. He fixed democracy. He give better apologies. He do what you already know you should. He prevent hangovers. He promote medical research. He be disciplined. He be happy. He quit after a win for happiness. And he focus on that which empowers you. Yeah. Wait, which wait. I think, you know. Does that actually say that? Yeah. Yes, it says that on, on richardhart.com, the ultimate uh, website. Your center for old Richard Hart. I did not uh, know he cures hangovers. Stuff. Great to know. Yeah. It's, it's so absolutely he's done, amazing. He's kind of like the Inspiring. Jesus Christ of crypto in a lot of ways. A little bit. A little bit. JW said, rumor is he's half black from the waist down. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, okay. Let's get real about Richard Hart. Um, real talk. Well, okay. Yeah. Real talk. Um, he, well, you know what? This is almost like too hot to touch right now. That's a guy. I don't know. I don't know Ooh. who's got power of attorney uh, in the Richard Hart camp. Um, but I mean, I guess I'll say like uh, a lot of people that use his stuff know exactly what he's doing and know exactly what it is. And I think maybe the main issue to me is the group of people who do not. Um, and by now, I think that's probably a sizable group of people just with the way he was advertising, because how he advertises and maybe it's not even him. Maybe it's just members of the Hex community, which I think is is almost more likely than than him doing it himself, because it seems pretty insane. But he talks about always Hex is up a thousand X in a year or whatever he says. And then he talks about how Hex was programmed to go 10,000 X mm-hmm. um, and, and how there's still a long journey, uh, a long way to go. And I think that's like a really dangerous narrative when you like, you know, if, if you have a guy calling your grandpa or grandma saying that shit, I guess, you know, think about it. Would you be pissed off? Uh, I would probably be a little pissed off. Mm. If I owned the bags, that wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't really you know make a lot of sense. Like I think overall, was that like a frog? What was that? That was like I had a I had like a hair tie on my fingers. I was like stretching it out and then mm. just popped off. I see. Um, yeah, I uh, I guess really like uh, just a dangerous project doing dangerous things. Um, like pumping up the FDV insanely high. And I think the classics, the classic people in the industry were all doing the same thing. That's the Alameda playbook. Now it's the WorldCoin playbook. Right. Now it's the whoever playbook where it's like low float, high market cap, shit coin, you know, super, super punching power, you know, able to take advantage of the most mm-hmm. financially illiterate 
people. Could you explain uh, like why, like what is pumping up the fully diluted value do? Like why, why is that so dangerous or so manipulative? Yeah, because, you know, uh, someone looks at Hex, they see a huge, huge, huge uh, price, huge, you know, market cap. And, and what they don't see is, and, and Hex doesn't have good data basically anywhere. I don't even know if it's possible to get good Hex data, to be honest. Um, but people see these huge valuations and they think like, oh, this is, you know, a mature, sophisticated sort of thing. And uh, so, you know, the reality is the only reason it's so high is because there's so little circulating. And so it's very easy to manipulate. So if you can get, you know, $100,000 pumped into $10 of liquidity or $100 of liquidity or $1,000 of liquidity, you're going to see huge multiples. But think about it's kind of like an octopus pot where getting in is pretty easy. But especially if you make profit, um, if, if you're not like convinced to actually lock it up, getting out is a real challenge because now you have size on the same thin liquidity books being manipulated by the same group of people. And I'm, you know, not to say that group of people is necessarily Richard Hart, but he certainly doesn't help the situation. And he certainly does not have user safety in mind. And he certainly is um, not, you know, I mean, he's a salesman, I guess is, is the thing. He's mm. a salesman, you know, who doesn't really understand what he's doing, but is selling it nonetheless and selling it with gusto and selling it from a palace sitting in a tufted, you know, gold chair with Rolexes spinning behind him. It just mm -hmm. takes advantage of a certain type of person right. um, that I think is, is especially prone to financial uh, manipulation. And, yeah. you know, um, it, it, it just, you know, it, it doesn't look good at best at worst. It's a crime. Um, I I believe that was oh one of God. the charges uh, that the SCC, not charges, but one of the component of the SCC complaint is that Richard Hart used a lot of wallets to accumulate a lot of hex. So the implication being that he holds a lot of that liquidity. Uh, so I guess yeah. what you're saying is if he holds most of it, he's the one that can exit, right? Uh, most, most easily. Yeah, I mean, potentially. I, I guess really like... Um, you know, my main thing is, and, and I guess this doesn't justify anything is, you know, the people playing the hex game know what's up. And the reason they're playing it is because he's created this kind of crazy notional musical chairs situation. Um, and the thing is like, you know, uh, it seems like they're at least trying to do something like they, you know, not to say they have the most perfectly beautiful, well thought out plan, but they forked E2 somehow. And I couldn't do that. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, just, it's just a bunch of craziness and, and it's, I've glimpsed into the mix a few times um, and it's, it's really just a bunch of people trying to get one over on each other 
and and they know that that's the case and they've built a community around uh you know cycling these these funds through uh you know the hex lps or whatever and the thing is as well like it's a little bit lindy uh you know it's been around a while people have been messing with it for a while it, it's had a longer life cycle than most tokens um so we'll see what will happen um i think my assumption is richard hart is just in dubai and and now investigators have to read like every investigator in the world is going to read from top to bottom richardhart.com and if you don't come out of that thinking that he's the best guy ever then you know i got a brace to sell you yeah, yeah that he installed a bidet for his mom man I he think installed that's... a bidet for his mom i would i install a bidet for my mom i would require like promises of brownies and other such <laughs> delights i would i don't need... know if i would so easily install a bidet for my mom i probably would if she asked well thanks to richard hart you can you got a video tutorial yeah richard hart was doing it he was giving a thumbs up he was smiling so that's a you know i have a bidet i use it as a water fountain <laughs> yeah uh, that's uh that's disgusting yeah that's, that's filthy that's Mikey. another strike on your permanent record Mike. <laughs> damn it damn it Ugh. uh well, i don't look like richard hart what are you guys talking about it, it does look like my uncle mike though he does look like my uncle i have an uncle mike i don't look like richard hart just someone in my family looks exactly like richard hart <laughs> who i share a lot of genetic material with <laughs> fair point fair point Sounds like Coke. Mr. Got Plenty asks, isn't that what all of crypto is? Yeah. I'd say a lot of it, yeah. A lot of it. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just a spectrum. It's like, you know, I'm I'm never really the one to throw stones because this whole this whole industry is like regulatory arbitrage, you know. And um, you know, just because you know I'm like a nerd and you know, I talk about ethics. And, you know, I care a lot about that. Like, you don't see me being wildly successful, only moderately successful, you know. So uh, the market seems to favor, uh, you know, the, the Richard Hart type character. Um, not necessarily like super favor them, but, you know, it, it's like, uh, and, and maybe that's why all this stuff is illegal because the market loves it so much. It's like the market is just addicted to getting scammed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, uh, you know, whether, whether you are in crypto to, for, for accessibility reasons, like, Hey, you know, I want to give, uh, you know, dudes in Korea access to T-bills, uh, on the blockchain, or you're doing it, you know, for the, for the adrenaline, the pumpamentals, or you're doing it just to get rich, um, you know, what we're all doing is, is much the same thing. It's just the outcome that we're looking for is different. And I guess that, you know, that defines the value of, of someone's work. But on, on that same note, that's really just opinion. You know, it's like, you know, how were you raised? Were you raised to care about making a fuck ton of money or were you raised to care about giving people in Korea access to T-bills? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Which, <laughs> yeah, I was raised uh, to do that. My father always told me Koreans need to have well, access to T-bills. Instead of instead of like when I when I wouldn't finish my food, my parents talking about the kids in Africa. Whenever I uh, whenever I didn't put my you know snack bar fifteen year old paychecks into money markets, my parents would talk about the Koreans without T bills, and that's how I got here. You know, so 
Uh, have you considered adopting this for oath, sending letters uh, more convincing than any white paper to millions of American homes? <laughs> yeah, can oath do that? Can white masons do that? Yeah. Honestly, some, like, uh, I'm so excited about governance. Like, I, like oath.eco, by the way. I'm so excited about governance uh, that I wouldn't be opposed to doing that, but it would be a letter like, you know, it would be maybe an unreadable letter talking about how dope it is that we can, you know, coordinate large scale public goods uh, together and everybody would throw it out because I'm not talking about, you know, crazy returns, which is mm -hmm. why people invest in the first place for the crazy returns. You just, why would you talk about crazy returns? That's literally like, that's a, that goes against like the whole point of crypto. It's very illegal. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm, definitely waxing poetic by now but um i think you know um just let the courts do their job i guess you know i i feel bad for anybody defrauded uh is is the main thing um but if you're in the crypto industry by now like i mean maybe they were just like such strong believers that you know they stuck around through ftx through 3ac whatever or maybe they just weren't aware of that stuff going on um but uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. just kind of the nature of like international finance. It's, it's just, there's so much crap. Um, Bright lights blind you, you know, and, and people see Richard Hart as the beacon of not all people, of course, you know, but you know, some people out there I'm sure see Richard Hart as, you know, a beacon of shining yeah. light of what they could have, what they might be able to achieve, you know, when he's, yeah. flaunting, when he's flaunting, owning all these Ferraris and yeah. Gucci bags. And I, I can get a, I can get a replica Gucci bag off of a Timu for like 10 bucks, man. It looks the same. Nice. It looks the same. It does not look the same, bro. <laughs> it looks the same from afar, from afar. From Mr. Got Plenty, I think is validating some of our thoughts being a lot of this stuff is community handled. Um, and that, that is like, um, Richard Hart was you know, yeah, the, the double edged sword of crypto is, you know, communities can take ideas and run with them. And those ideas may be kind of dangerous. I mean, that's why I, that's why I'm writing these tokenomics articles. Um, if you checked the, check the pinned tweets on my Twitter, like we have governance now and like, the whole point of me talking about this stuff is so that people don't freaking try to propose illegal shit <laughs> or, or like, you know, unadvisable shit. And, right. and so they understand, like, whenever they're like, hey, we should turn oath into a scam. Uh, I can just point to the, the wall and say, you know, you know, how we test no scams. Right. Stop it. Um, because, yeah, that's like the nature of decentralization. And, and Hex is massive. It's experienced runaway success. Um, it was like one of the very first projects on Ethereum and that's just what freaking happens. Like there's plenty of bullshit that, that happens to, you know, and, and some of it is lauded as good tech. Like, you know, look at, look, look at the Alameda portfolio. It's like people just hate Hex because it's normal people pumping it, uh, mm. and not like their VC homies. So everybody has like their two cents. Um, but like, so like, you know. Why does WorldCoin need to have a $20 billion FTV or whatever? I can actually talk about that. I think the tokenomics are kind of smart. But uh, uh, it's all it's all like shit just to get adoption. Um, mm. Yeah. And, I'm trying to look at the tokenomics of WorldCoin, but uh, I'm forbidden. 
Well, yeah, you're, you're looking you're, at because I'm an American. You're an American. Hex was also hugely influential in, in, in Uniswap's rise to, uh, to popularity. Because, because nobody would, you know, no, no centralized exchanges would list Hex that yeah. Uniswap would. Oh. And so now, you know, Uniswap delisting Hex is like, you know, people are very yeah. by it, but they didn't really delist it. The front end delisted it. And you can still call contracts on the back end, which is yeah. the nature of decentralization. It is the nature you, of ops. Yeah. If you look at my most recent article, um, I, I illustrate a, a white, gray, black area, like a little number line. And all the people, 3AC, Quadriga, Celsius, FTX, Hex, they're the people operating micro beaters away from the, the, the black illegal zone. Um, and they're doing max rag arm. And, and the thing when you do that is eventually like it's going to not be allowed. Like you can only make that assumption. That's the safest assumption. But with the nature of decentralization, you might wonder like who's going to not allow it. You know, like right. already it's you can't buy it on centralized exchanges already. You can't see it on CoinGecko or whatever. So it's already like very close to, you know, not kosher. Right. Um, so it, it, it's really like this is this is an issue that needs to get solved now with this lawsuit, um, you know, and, and then we realize, OK, is it OK? Is it not? And then. Hex goes away. Great. There's going to be something else that comes out inches away from that line. And it's probably going to be super successful because when you tow that line, it's hugely risky. But, you know, that's that's why all these companies that do it are so damn successful because they're they're making very targeted decisions uh, with their legal strategy that that's like maximum risk, maximum reward. And uh, it's just, you know, it, it's why I, I say DeFi isn't ready or one of the reasons why I say DeFi isn't ready mm -hmm. for mass adoption, because like you could stumble into something that is this legal? Is this not legal? Who knows? And, you know, you need to understand a lot of the nuance of finance to understand why something might be dangerous, you know, or, or why something might not be dangerous. Um, and if you don't understand that nuance and you're getting onboarded to, to some, you know, uh, really highly risky project, then you're going to get owned. And, and that's just why retail isn't ready. And all of these lawsuits are, are exist to kind of set precedent. And we hate when our, our industry gets sued. But at the end of the day, it's literally just to figure out what should be allowed and what shouldn't. And, and we need to know that before we can really push forward. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Beavis. That was fantastic. I would like to, I would, I would like, I would like, well, I would like to end this on, uh, on, on Mr. Got Plenty's comment here. Um, Hex has the largest community of any coin. The SEC going after Richard Hart is just going to make him more famous. He's going to become Robin Hood. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, it is, it is a lot of attention. It's a lot of attention directed at um, a guy who installs bidets for his mother. And you look at you look at richardhart.com, that's a guy who very clearly has a serious legal strategy. If you're going so far as to like update your website to be like a, a virtual character witness, you have a serious legal strategy and you're probably a few moves ahead 
uh, in that respect. And, you know, like him being kind of a bumbling character, uh, you know, also probably part of the legal strategy. Um, like you don't, you don't get to that point uh, in adoption in a regulatory gray area sort of field with the history that he has without understanding the nuance of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think they're going after a guy who probably needs to get sued, honestly, um, for the industry to move forward. People probably need to figure out whether what he's doing is okay or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it has all the hallmarks of something that's probably not okay. But at the same time, like we need the precedent. We need to figure it out. Um, because that helps everybody. So um, we'll see. some clarity. You know, I hope he doesn't go to jail. He's a funny guy. I like him. He still hasn't come on the show yet, uh, so he can't go to jail before that. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if he'll be able to. Uh, I don't know if you can. Yeah, yeah. None of what you hear today should be considered legal advice. But I will say Uh, this. None of us are lawyers. If they take out Richard Hart, Corval's here to pick up the torch. Corval coin will move into the vacant market space and will become the next hex. Wow. calling it now. That's awesome. And then I can't wait to see you get sued and sent to like a 10 mile high, like prison tower at the tippy top, like swaying in the wind. Uh, That'd be ideal for me as a character. Perfect prison for Corval. I'll come visit you, Corval. I'll visit you as well. I'll walk up once a year. I will walk up uh, the the three mile staircase. Make the journey. Yeah. Um, So that was a great conversation about uh, Richard Hart, which I love talking about. I mean, come on. I look just like him, according to some people in the chat. Oh, there we go. Thanks, Emmett. Uh, so I think uh, we have like, you know, a couple minutes left. I do want to talk about, if, you, if you've been watching the show, which I shout out to the OGs in here. Love you guys. Uh, we've been doing a segment called Chat of the Day recently. And it's a fun segment. You know, we, we take a look at, you know, some people that have either done very cool things or very dumb things. And either way, they're a Chad, you know. So so today's Chad of the day is going to be a shout out to the bald people. Here is to wow. you, bald people. Brian Armstrong, CEO yeah. of Coinbase, launching the Layer 2 that is going to be open to the public officially August 9th. Obviously, we all know that there has been a lot of uh, bridged assets through, uh, I think you have to like, go through like a developer type of uh, situation to get over there. But uh, over $60 million worth of ETH has been over there. And most of it has probably been lost on bald. The bald, the bald shitcoin. So shout out to bold people, Brian Armstrong. But then, you know, there's more. Got Jeff Bezos. Look at this guy. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. Wow. Our, our, loved, our loved lizard lord. And then, of course, our good friend, Mark Jeffrey. Live tomorrow, <laughs> live tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time across the chains. He'll be talking new stable coins. So make sure you check that show out. My personal favorite. Mine as well. Yeah, Mark So here's to you, bald people. Inventor of the metaverse, someone argue. Yes, yes. I mean, like, you know, like the fact that they live such fulfilling lives despite the shininess of their heads is truly remarkable. 
Bald people. It blinds their enemies. It's like a, it's like armor. It's like being being clothed in light. Uh, so, one one could you know make some some biblical connections there, uh, but I won't. I won't be the one to make those connections. Leprosy. Yeah. Right. I agree. Good. Yes. <laughs> Leprosy is biblical. All right, good segment. Good, good segment, guys. Yeah, great segment. That was it. That was it. That, that's why we need like we need like a swipe. We need like a here's this. Oh, thing. I thought anyway. you had another one. I thought uh, you had another one. No, for for bald people. No, just like another segment, because like, well, I, I mean, I got a question, Beavis. So like, you got your eyes on base chain, do you? Are you liking what they're doing over there? Um. Yeah, I mean, seems all right. Are you interested? Are you gonna open up shop over there? I mean, probably. Um, I wouldn't say it's the first priority. Uh, you know, my opinion of so you have base, uh, linear, mantle, um, being kind of the three up and comers right now. Base is Coinbase. Uh, Linnea is Consensus, and Mantle is BitDAO. Consensus, pure glow up. I'm not going on there. If you're not in the consensus portfolio, good luck. Uh, lots of access to capital, but you know you're going up against a bunch of chosen winners. We're we're going to see the same thing on base. Base is a little more industry native, um, but they're huge. You know, same deal. If you're not in the Coinbase Ventures portfolio. You're just going to do okay. Um, you'll you'll have access to capital. Interest rates will probably be all right. Um, you know, will probably be a nice, calm place uh, to to do business. Um, maybe maybe we're wrong. Um, we'll see. I think uh, native applications usually end up being the most successful. Um, so it'll probably be you know Coinbase trying to show their portfolio, and then you know some shitcoin developer. You know, stumbling into like the number one project in, in six to 12 months. Um, and then we have Mantle, which is like, you know, super OG DAO uh, uh, holding $800 million or so of ETH, uh, you know, big ecosystem fund native to the industry, I guess. Um, and I would say as a builder, as like a grassroots builder, grinding it out of, of those three, uh, I would I would skew more toward Mantle, um, and and maybe even beyond that, I would say Mantle has at least in the near term um, better makings of of success, oh, uh, seeing as it's it's more of a native uh, solution, being native to the DeFi industry, uh, and not necessarily the you know crypto VC uh, you know weird industry that backs it. And, and Mantle had a big presence at uh, Ethereum Denver, um, ETH Denver, this past yeah. uh, this past conference. Um, yeah. They're, they're flying a little under the radar. Um, yeah. You want to know why they're flying under the radar? I would. Uh, because all of the loud VC types that, uh, you know, move markets on crypto Twitter and, you know, squawk on crypto Twitter. Uh, they're not, they're generally not in the bit now. Um, you know, 
They're more, hey, our firm holds coin. You know, our firm holds consensus projects. We share portfolio projects with, with Coinbase and Linnea. But I think we'll see the more astute, like, uh, business decisions that are cognizant of our industry's needs and cognizant of the user's needs, um, we're going to see a lot of those decisions and developments happening uh, on Mantle, is my thesis right now. And um, they have more native capital, I would say, or they have more DeFi-friendly capital. They have more blockchain-friendly capital than pretty much anybody. Um, like Coinbase... They hold assets in in cold wallets and never move them. You know, like they're not they're not necessarily about this life. So, um, yeah, that's my L two uh, thesis right now with the with the up and comers. I like it. Mantle, gotta look into it some more. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. I <laughs> so hard, but couldn't rise above it. Don't know what it is about that. I can't remember the rest of the words of that country song, but <laughs> we're on the hour mark. I want to end the show real quick with a little plug for next week. If everything works out, I think uh, next Thursday, Corval and I and Beavis will hopefully be there. We're going to be doing a trivia show of sorts that um, sort of like encapsulates the first half of the year 2023. Um, we'll have some giveaways going on. So set your reminders for next Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hopefully we do a Block Bites quiz show. There will be more information on our Twitter um, once we get that figured out. Uh, but um, other than that, I think that's all I have. Uh, Corval, Beavis, you guys want to say anything? Plug anything? To end the show? Well, uh... Uh, I'll plug ethos.finance for the natural time. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, if you're an Oath user, uh, check out Oath.eco and forum.oath.eco. Uh, we've got some cool proposals upcoming um, that are under review, under discussion, um, and that we're all, I know, super excited about. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, uh, get with it. Get with the times. Uh, and Keep watching Block Bites for more strange uh, asides by Mikey. Uh, <laughs> keep keep enabling him. That's all I got to say. <laughs> keep it A1, Mikey. Yeah, I just want to say uh, watch Cross the Chains tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, like Viva said, I want you... <laughs> obviously, I want you guys to uh, keep tuning in to Block Bites. Yeah, uh, always means a lot to me to see you guys all here. And yeah. uh, also follow me on Twitter or whatever. That'd be kind of cool. Dude, we didn't even say like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, we got to do that. Right, too. Like, comment. Freaking get on YouTube, hit that like button, comment, subscribe, so you can pump up our algo numbers. Oh yeah, uh, you know, not our algo bags, our algo numbers. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, yeah, drop them on his comments on the on the episode or anything else you'd like to see us cover. Always love to hear feedback like that. Well, great. And tell us, tell us uh, who you think uh, Mikey is mixed with uh, with Richard Hart. So Mikey is Richard Hart plus who? Comment that in the YouTube comment section. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. Get, guess what you win if you have the funniest answer. Okay. Nothing. Yeah, great. So <laughs> ooh, 
I, I would like to address the comments of uh, me looking like Richard Hart. Unfortunately, I do agree with them. Uh, but just, just skinnier, Hart, like better skin, better taking care of Richard Hart. I think the glasses uh, do a lot of the work. Yeah, I agree. The glasses and the hair. Uh, <laughs> the hair, it really is uh, there. There, there ain't, there ain't, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But so, um, so Richard Hart plus you win an SEC lawsuit with Mikey. Yes, you do. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> That's my boy. Yep. You go um, to jail. <laughs> so Richard Hart plus fill in the blank. You might get, uh, you might get one uh, shimmer token. You might get one heart from the official Blockbytes YouTube account. You'll get a like. Uh, you know, we're talking big money prizes here. We're talking serious, serious stuff at stake. So, uh, you know, make sure you you do that. But okay, the, the show's over now because Soft Sounds just said Richard Hart plus Carrot Top. So it's over for you. All oh, right, we're ending Buns, it, Buns, shout out to Buns in the chat. Richard Hart plus Adonis. I pay I pay Buns to say that to be nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But uh, this is a lot of fun, guys. Always love coming on Thursdays with Beavis. Thank you so much for coming again, sir. Uh, check out ethos.finance. Uh, check out Bite Masons. Uh, Corval, you're here again. Love that. Um, okay. That's the show. Check out Across the Chains tomorrow, and we'll see you guys on uh, on Monday.